0: Andrew, it was an absolute pleasure. I am having trouble because my brain is exploding, but would you mind telling everybody what nuggets of wisdom that you dropped on them today?
1: You know, funny, it's, it's funny, George. Thank you for having me. And the reason your brain's exploding probably because mine is also. But what I remember is we had this really funny, interesting way of going down this rabbit hole of finding all the excuses that people like to tell themselves that stop them from doing very simple things that lead to success. And we've kind of pruned them all. So, I'm really grateful for this conversation. I'm really looking forward to people hearing this interview. I think they're going to be pleasantly surprised.
0: All right. So, I love that. And I love the way that you talked about it. Here's my notes how copying the how without the why. will lead to frustration and failure. When you have to kill your own dinner, you tend to gravitate towards positive momentum. The story how quitting your own company leads to your current day success, how an unhealthy relationship with all in isn't the secret. Are you using your thoughts or feelings as an asset or liability? You have to attach your energy to the things that you can control and that will move the needle. Have you mastered the three parts of your mind? Do you know that your ego loves you? Are you attached or worried about the wrong thoughts? Do you believe in the muscle fairy or the science behind it? Are you unhappy because you're attracting somebody else's lives and dreams? What if why is the reason there are still no results? The secret practice to fill your confidence tank? The four most dangerous words you can use in your life and the four best words to replace them with? And... Do you not have the results you want because you haven't built the home for them to live in? Plus, I shared some stories about my life and struggles that I've never shared on the podcast before. So, that's what we got. I think we got it all. Did I miss anything?
1: Well, you certainly didn't miss that. That was the most impressive recap I've ever heard. And now I want to listen all over again <laughs> to this interview. So, perfect. You
0: can, because it's about to be published. And for all of you listening, let's cue the intro and let's get into the episode. <sighs> Let's get into the episode. All right, everybody, welcome back to another episode of the Mind of George show. In full disclosure, I am uncaffeinated but hyped up because I accidentally overdosed on my pre-workout, but it feels really good. I didn't get a tan. That is the niacin, but I have a lot of energy, and when you direct that energy in the right place from a healthy place, you get massive results. And today's guest is someone that I am honored to have on the show. He helps people shadow the mold. He literally wrote a book, which by the way, has more reviews than my book, double the reviews of my book on Amazon from like seven years ago. So I'm really proud of this one, the book, and I had to write this one down. Because it's the last Law of Attraction book you will ever need to read. But he is a man who is dedicated to impact, helping you unlock the greatest versions of yourself, and even was a marketing intern at WWE. So he brings a little flavor and flair into this world with 20 years of experience. And so today I am honored to have my friend Andrew on the show. Andrew, welcome to the show.
1: George, thank you so much. Thank you so much for having me, my friend. I really appreciate it and uh, really just grateful to be here, man. Really excited to have this conversation with you.
0: Yeah, man. Me too. I had a blast. So, for everybody listening, if you haven't checked out the show that Andrew and I did together on his podcast, uh, his podcast called Shatter the Mold, highly, highly recommend it. I had an absolute blast. We're going to have to do like round two or round three because… I'll say this before I let Andrew go. I will let Andrew talk this whole episode because I didn't let him talk on his own show. And so <laughs> I'm going to I'm gonna turn the tables before we get here. So Andrew, one of the questions that I like to start with, and you have an illustrious history, like 20 years in this game of entrepreneurship is a long time. You've seen trends come and go, marketing come and go, strategies, tactics, and you've had life... In it, So, as you look back, what was one of, like, the biggest defining moments and the lessons you took from it? So, I ask, it, like, what was the biggest mistake and the lesson you carry forward? Or even now, looking back, like, what were some of those defining moments that led to this lesson and what is, like, the most
1: important lesson that you carry forward with you now into the future? Wow. Well, you know, there's, there's two answers to that. Because, I mean, the, the real answer is, is centered around the law of attraction, which is story in and of itself. Yeah. So, that might be a whole side answer um, on its own. I mean, for this, Just from an entrepreneurial perspective i'll say this back when i was young and just trying things out i was making moves and doing things i saw other people do but i didn't understand the why behind they were doing it and because i did not understand the why behind they were doing it i was doing it wrong it's like some it's like some watching someone take a jump shot you know that we're all used to seeing like they're right-handed and they flip their thing And you, you take the shot, you move your left hand and go sideways because you see them do something, but you don't actually understand the mechanics. So my huge mistake was not understanding the mechanics behind the moves I was making as an entrepreneur.
0: Wow. That is a really – I like how eloquent and to the point that was because that is a summary of things that I just vomit on people all the time. But it's so, so good. And so what's the other tangent on the side with the law of attraction?
1: Well, so let's see how how quick I can get this one out because no no me, quick needed. I, you, I, I want
0: effective. I want effective. Right. You can, everybody cool. here's to listen. I want the full experience.
1: So let's okay. Well, can you see how uh, how interesting I can keep it as well. So I learned about Law of Attraction in two thousand four, and I think any entrepreneurs or business people, not pretty much anyone for that matter, could relate. But entrepreneurs or salespeople, for that matter, specifically we can relate to having to kill our own dinner, so to speak. Yeah, And I think when you have to kill your own dinner, you find yourself automatically going down the path of positive modalities. Mindset, you know, it could be Brian Tracy, Tony Robbins, who knows what it might be. So for me, law of attraction was one thing of many that I was delving into to just to find out that, that missing component, that secret formula to success. And to be honest, for me, it was very hit and miss. I had some successes and failures, but it was basically inconsistent and i would only find out a few years later that i was the one being inconsistent because um you know very directionalist even though i was trying to make things happen everything came to a head in 2008 where i basically you know finally quit my company that's how i put it i quit my own company because i couldn't do it anymore and a relationship that i had going was about to end because i was so desperately trying to focus on that and uh that worked out so well because three days later she breaks up with me over text anyway And that was a girlfriend of three, not a girlfriend of three weeks or three months, but three years. So I wake up on Monday, I've got my business and my girlfriend. I wake up on Friday, and like 90% of my life is gone. And I basically had to have this look in the mirror of like, okay, what's going on here? You've wasted your 20s. Nothing is working. Something obviously needs to change. And I had this very weird epiphany slash moment of stubbornness and indignation where I kind of had this thing like, okay, well, you know, of all these things I've done in all these years, that law of attraction thing, it kind of seemed to work when I actually stuck with it. Mm. What if I actually stuck with it this time and whether things got better or worse, I didn't veer off. I just stuck with it. What if I went all in? Mm. And when I say all in, I mean, you know, just five or 10 minutes a day of simple gratitude or visualization processes, not even all day, every day, but five minutes every day Yes, and I had this thing. Okay. All right. I don't care what happens. I don't care when it happens. I don't care why it happens. I don't care how it happens. I am going to do this thing. And that decision, it almost sounds like a movie because it changed everything because two weeks later I felt better, which is saying a lot with a broken heart. And it's not saying I felt a hundred percent better. It's saying I felt a lot better than I should have given the circumstances. I was really far, uh, in progress of, of recovering emotionally mm-hmm. three months later, I'm in a brand new way, healthier relationship. Four months later, I'm making more money than at any point in my life before then. Six months later, everything's different. I'm in the best shape of my life. I'm waking up happy and fulfilled. And I learned, not through a book, not through a um, guru, not through anybody else, but through my own life experience, that whatever this thing is, and we'll call it the law of attraction, because that's how I understand it, it works when you work it. Yes. And ever since then, I've had that mindset that you can't take that away from me. And believe it or not, the book, I didn't write the book till 11 years later. I only wrote the book because I was like, all right, it's time to do something new in my business. What can I do where being honest with myself, I'm gonna be can I'm gonna be engaged. And to be candid, I'm not gonna get bored with my business. I'm not gonna get bored with customers. I can cont- continue these conversations. And that's where I said, all right, let me challenge myself and give myself permission in a space that's cr- like uh, not even hundreds of books, but like over a thousand books. Mm. Can I bring something new into the conversation and bring a new perspective that people not had and hopefully deliver valuable, usable, user-friendly? actionable, implementable content. Yeah, Um, And that's where we kind of get to this point.
0: Yeah, no, oh my God. I. (laughs) This is why we like each other and we get along like I hear it. And and I want to say something because I think I need to reiterate what you just said. And you said it only works if you work it. My brain went through 12-step programs, right? Like we always ended everything with a serenity prayer. It works if you work it. So keep coming back because you're worth it, right? When I was going through Mm -hmm. CODA and things like that. But the thing that I think is so powerful, I'm going to ask you in a minute, from your perspective like what's the law of attraction definition for you and how you see it but for me you know i've been in the world of personal development and leadership since right around like when you like 2002 i'd say 2002 till now and i remember like it's the secret like wish it into existence put it on your vision board like and i'm like okay cool i can stare at my vision board all day and it has me crossing the finish line of a marathon but it still didn't lace up my shoes and put me on the pavement And one thing that you said, I think deconstructs this existing paradigm in all of the marketing world that you and I live in. And you said it, and not in this context, but in our world, we see this all the time. I'm going all in, I'm gonna hustle, I'm gonna sacrifice myself. And it's this massive set of extremes. And you said it and you nailed it. You're like this one consistent choice, all in, five minutes a day, just one thing, over a prolonged period of time to create the momentum and to create something different I think is just worth very much calling out because even for me and this tends to be my therapy on my podcast so don't don't mind me when I do this but I remember like coming out of the military being suicidal being hospitalized in a psychiatric ward an addict on opiates like 50 hydrocodone a day completely depressed drinking not sleeping and I sat there living in this, my life is miserable. And then I couldn't take an action because I was like, everything felt so insurmountable, right? It was like, I was so deep that I was like, there's no way to get out. And luckily my wife is amazing. And my family's amazing. And my wife, <laughs> this one hurts every time. <laughs> my wife looked me dead in the eye and she said, commitment isn't feelings. And I'll never forget it. And it was like, just finding that one thing, right? Like, I'm going to, I'm just going to go for a five minute walk every day. Like screw the rest of it, screw the meal, screw the workout through everything. And so I just wanted to take a minute to highlight that with what you said, because for me, that thing that you just talked about is the reason I'm recording this podcast. I love that. Because six, seven years ago, some of you wouldn't have recognized me. Like it was Thanksgiving when I had a six month, oh no, Thanksgiving when I had a newborn, like the year before my newborn, I was in the hospital Because I had attempted to take my life. And everyone's like, oh my God. I was like, well, let me remind you, my son's four. Mm -hmm. That was only four and a half years ago. Right? And everyone's like, oh, but George, wait, weren't you a New York Times bestseller? Didn't you have an app? Like, weren't you like Mr.? And I was like, Mr. Miserable. Mr. like stuck and miserable. So I just wanted to take a moment to say that, Andrew, because I think we're going to unpack that. But I I just think it's huge as you share that story of yours, you know, coming out of heartbreak and, by the way, quitting your own business, which you and I both did, which I find really hilarious, to then getting now to this point. I love it. And so I just had to go on that diatribe for a minute. But what I would love to hear is when you think about the law of attraction, right? You wrote a book on it, but how would you define that? Like, What does that mean for everybody listening? Like, What does the law of attraction mean for you?
1: Yeah. So people can notice as they hear this, there's the definition and then that's what it means to us or what we could do about it. So Definite. I mean, basically for me and my understanding and my experience and what I've read from others, I'm standing on the shoulders of giants here. Um, law of attraction is rooted in the understanding, the concept that everything is energy, which scientifically backed up, not just some Gary Ferry stuff. Everything's energy and all of energy vibrates at a certain frequency. Yeah. And I guess the, the theory part comes in, although you will see it in application, if you kind of lean in this way, like frequencies attract like frequencies. Yep. So if your energy and I'm energy and these devices that we're speaking on is energy and the, the, the pink hoodie you're wearing is energy, right? So are our thoughts. But the interesting thing about thoughts and feelings is that to a measure, we have a measure of control. We can, you know, we, we're not the, the God king of our thoughts because that might be too overwhelming, but we can lean in a certain direction and build up momentum and have it snowball from there. Mm-hmm. So this is where we get to for the, the, from the definition to what you can do about it strategically with the understanding that everything is energy, everything vibrates. What if I know, what if I say, okay, let me use thoughts and feelings as a strategic mechanism for inviting positive events and circumstances and outcomes in my life? And that's really, and by the way, a lot of people are hearing this. They're like, well, I've heard this before and thoughts become things and blah, blah, blah. Well, tell me, Andrew, where's my job promotion? To which I ask them, okay, cool. Let's talk about this. That job promotion that you you probably told me you're thinking about day in and day out every single day are you thinking about it with a sense of impatience, frustration, fear, uncertainty, dread, jealousy, anger? Because if you are, you're actually not thinking about the job promotion, you're thinking about the lack of the job promotion. You're reinforcing the vibration and energy of the lack of it, which is why you're so upset to begin with. Mm -hmm. Which by the way, if you don't believe in the law of attraction to make this nice and long-winded, at least believe in your psychology and your subconscious mind and believe that you're reaffirming certain things into that supercomputer that's gonna find a way to make it so As opposed to, are you thinking about that job promotion with confidence, enthusiasm, gratitude, Mm -hmm. happiness, fulfillment, ease, confidence, that kind of stuff? Okay, now we're in business because now you are either vibrating to the universe, if you believe that, or you're programming your subconscious mind, if you believe that, or what I believe actually a combination because it's all connected. Everything's connected anyway. It's really only our understanding of how it's coming out that the difference is there but everything's connected in some way shape or form anyway
0: yeah dude i i love love this topic uh to the point where like i've probably listened to four books around this in the last month alone you know the book the alchemist right by paulo yeah. Coelho. he has another book called the archer which mm. is about the craft of archery and becoming like the greatest in the world and it's like riddled with this lesson that you're talking about but i think i just i think this podcast is just going to be me feeling extremely validated and then validating what you're saying And I have to add like my ad lib because it it lands so hard and so heavy for me because you just talked about like a promotion and I hear it all the time. It's like, well, why didn't that offer convert? Why didn't I get that client? And I was like, because the moment you're attached to the results, the input that would create them changes because it literally becomes low key manipulation instead of a product of quote unquote, like you said, five minutes a day of this thing that Mm -hmm. could potentially pay off. And I think when we get into this, I'm gonna let you riff on this in a minute. It's like I was stuck for so many years with my ego, which I know we're gonna talk about, thinking that, okay, if I got really clear on what the finish line looked like, that I could control the world around me, to make that finish line happen. And after success and failure, making millions, losing millions, having it all, losing it all, I was like, oh, I have zero control over anything out there, but I have 100% control over my energy, my viewpoint, my mindset, my inputs. And the moment I'm like, hey, like that's where I wanna go. Like I wanna be a quote unquote world champion or gold medal, but if I think like that, I'm gonna lose the race. But yeah. if I'm like, you know what? What would it look like? And my favorite question to ask myself is like, oh, I want that promotion. Who would I have to be to already have that promotion? I'm like, oh, I would be gratuitous. I would hold the door. I would have more conversations with my employees. I would lead team meetings. And I'm like, oh, well, now I have a crystal clear path of what I should be doing right now instead of sitting here being like, why the F don't I have the promotion yet? And so, I'd love for you to riff on that. I saw you, uh, kind of like yeah. cut you off. So
1: yeah, you've given me so much to riff on and so many different things. Um, so, I'm going to go on the first one that came to mind just because, you know, when you were describing what you're going through here, I want to remind people of a, a little detail. I almost snuck into my origin story a couple minutes ago. I said, I don't care what happens, when it happens, why it happens, or how it happens. Mm. Which is basically me saying that strategically speaking, I'm was. i fine with specifics, and by the way, please feel free to be specific as you want as long as you feel good, but if I can come with a less attached energy where there's no requirements and no restrictions, and I'm almost leaving it open-ended for either the universe or my subconscious mind, depending on my beliefs, to pleasantly surprise me, I'm way more empowered. When you're trying to get that offer to convert, my attitude is, you know, be very specific in your gratitude and visualizations, but with the understanding of this or something better, not it's gotta be this way. Yeah. Don't be in love with the, you know, I made a million dollars in 24 hours. Be willing to let the universe give you 10 million in one week. Yep. Doesn't sound as flashy, but it's a hell of a lot better, right? Yep. And, and that's the key also, you know, just to speak to, to actions that you're taking here and what's within your control. I'm a, I'm a New Yorker, so old school. I'm like a big Derek Jeter fan back when I followed the Yankees I'm because the thing I loved about Derek Jeter was that he only worried about what was within his control. And he was not he's not known as being a home run hitter, yet his home runs that he did hit were clutch and his moments were clutch. He always excelled in a very amazing way because he was a master at his craft, but he was only focusing on the things he can control. He wasn't worried about the, you know, the, the right fielder who was like staring him down. He wasn't worried about what the pitch didn't come at him. What could he do? how can he swing the bat how can he field balls? how can he handle what he knows he's good at knowing that from that everything will work out and all these pieces are connected when you're worrying about yourself with the open invitation that you will be pleasantly surprised and the right people and circumstances will be put in front of you so it's like a thing where you're going to take action it's going to be inspired action not lackful action And yes, other pieces will be done for you, but only if you're still doing for yourself and you have a mentality of, it's going to work out, I'm going to move forward in the meantime.
0: Mm -hmm. And the thing too about that too, and I'll keep using the promotion as this thread, here's what's nuts, is that's an illusionary line that collapses the moment you have it, which then takes the promotion away. And yes. that's, that's the part, right? Like Tim Grover just released a new book called winning, right? The guy who wrote relentless and he was Kobe's coach and Charles Barkley's coach and Michael Jordan's coach for 15, 20 years. And I love his definition, quote unquote, of like success or winning. He's like, because you have to earn it every day. It's like a tug of war, right? There's a flag in the middle. And the moment you start pulling it over to your side, you're winning. But as it gets closer, the resistance gets greater to where you have to control your inputs more But that the moment you win or the moment you let go, success is gone and you have Mm -hmm. to earn it again and you have to earn it again. And so when I hear you talking, like for me, how I define the law of attraction is having clarity on like a direction of who I want to be and where I want to go and then making inputs every day into being or building that person, not attached to how long it takes or how long the foundation takes or the first floor takes or the finish work takes, but I know that as long as I, quote, unquote, chop wood and carry water every single day, that it's just inevitable.
1: Yeah. And there's a cascading beauty to this, by the way. When you're putting in, the the more inputs you put in, the more inputs are also simultaneously put in for you. Yes. But you can't anticipate or control them. Again, this is one of those things, um, I don't know if it was Abraham Lincoln, someone said something like where – i'm going to butcher this but (laughs) luck is where you know preparation meets opportunity or something like that it's like basically you're you're doing your part but other parts are going to be done for you but since you're always doing your part when those opportunities do end up coming in front of you you're actually going to be able to act on them you're going to be able to take advantage of them versus somebody who is kind of like chugging along but not really into it and maybe a few opportunities do come their way, but they can't even spot them. Yeah. They're not even self-aware enough to see that that is a huge opportunity that they could or should be taking advantage of. So, again, to me, I'm a strategy guy. I'm saying if you do all these things, you are putting yourself in a strategic position to have certain things be done for you, but also to be have higher leverage in the things that you continue to do because your skill set and your confidence and your, your, uh, your agency and capability will also increase as you keep doing it.
0: thousand percent. And by the way, the quote is from Seneca. It's luck mm-hmm. is what happens when preparation meets opportunity. Thank so you, sir. he's the OG, but Lincoln probably took it too. Cause you know, we go all the way back to those stoics and I love that, you know, and it, the thing here, and I'm going to have you riff on this too, because you said it earlier, right? You said, you said it a few different ways, but I'm going to summarize. All right. When we're talking about goals. You said it earlier and I caught it. It's like, we think we know what it's going to look like, but we've never built it yet. So we can't get romantic about the wrapping paper or else it will never come. And when we look back at like success in our life, if you're like, God, I wanted that thing. And you're like, wait, I got it. But 38 other things that I never even thought possible, you got them because you were controlling the input. And you know, the analogy I say, you talked earlier about energy, right? Like I'm a big Joe Dispenza fan. I'm a big manifestation fan, breath work, body, like this self-relationship is what basically cured me, right? Like it, it healed me was developing this relationship with myself, but I truly believe in this energy that you talk about, like how you show up vibrates and it attracts and it's no different because people think it's so esoteric, right? I say it to people and they're like, it's so esoteric. I don't get it. I'm like, well, let me give you an example. I was like, what kind of car do you drive? And they're like a Honda Civic. I'm like, cool. Did you ever see them on the road before? And they're like, no. And I'm like, but now that you have one, how many do you see a day? And they're like, hundreds. I'm like, that is the practical application of what we're talking about. And so when you're running around in the morning, and like you said, five minutes a day, and you have a five minute gratitude practice, and you're like, I'm grateful for this. I'm grateful for this. I'm grateful for this. You start to see gratitude around you. You start to see the things, which means you're changing your vibration and your energy, and you're bringing those in more for momentum. And so I'm like you, like, I tell people there's like three colors of crayons in my crayon box, right? Like I'm not the 64 flavors. I'm like three, right? Like Mm -hmm. i have black, white, and gray, and I can kind of make a rainbow out of them. But I'm like, I'm simple. Tell me what to do. Tell me what to do. And really, it's the simple inputs every day, right? That gratitude practice, like the states of being, the mindset, the movement, like getting into that stuff is huge in developing that relationship. So when you say that, I just, I wanted to give a story or a summary around it because I catch it all the time, right? It's like you, you wear a clothing line, right? And all of a sudden you're like, man, I didn't know everybody wore that. And I'm like, they, they always have, right? Like you just didn't see it before or your shoes or your everything. It's the same concept when it comes to your mindset and the law of attraction for me. And so what I would love for you, and, and, and this is why I'm going to ask this question (laughs) and I'm going to ask it and put myself out on the line my biggest struggle for years was I thought that I could control everything, right? So let's call it my ego, right? I was like, okay, it's up to be, it's up to me. But it was like exerting this false sense of control that never led to anything good because it was like obsessive and there was no space. And then I'm like, oh, I couldn't do it. Now I'm such a failure. And then I would be like on that side of it, like collecting evidence against it. And you have a very interesting definition of ego and it's something that you talk about all the time. And so mm-hmm. I would love to hear your definition to
1: unpack that. Yeah, absolutely. So to kind of frame it this way, obviously I'm I'm not a clinical psychotherapist. This is not going to be textbook at all. I'm using words because we we kind of, Me, I'm I'm a big proponent of linking things to either concepts we understand or physical, tangible things because it helps our brains click better. So I'm using a word like ego. Now the way I understand it is we've got three minds. We've got our conscious mind, we've got our subconscious mind, and we've got what I define as the ego right there in the middle. And I say it's in the middle because it's way stronger than the conscious mind. You actually uh, articulated something about that a minute ago, Mm -hmm. but nothing compared to the subconscious. Mm -hmm. And the ego as I define it is that part of your mind that does only one job in this world, and that's to keep you alive. Yep. And that is good news or bad news, depending on where you are in your life right now, because that means whatever money problems you might have, whatever relationship problems, even whatever health problems you have, your ego is looking around, it's taking a, a look around the room, it's like, oh, okay, my person's alive. And what it doesn't wanna do is it does not wanna risk the status quo. It does not wanna risk the change in odds through a change of conditions, even if those conditions are perceived as being positive, your conscious mind because there's someone out there right now listening they want to be rich and or famous but for all your ego knows is when you become famous you're going to get a stalker and that's a threat to your survival so can't be having that Mm -hmm. for all your ego knows is when you get rich you're going to have distant family coming out of the woodwork to sue you for your home Mm -hmm. can't be having that so your ego actually loves you this is a misguided attempt it thinks it's keeping you safe in place even though it's keeping you stuck in place and this is where we have those things where we try to control reality or and then when it doesn't work out, we feel really down on ourselves. That's your ego in its own misguided, loving way saying, okay, I'm going to mess with this guy. I'm going to watch my language here. Uh, I'm going to mess around with this guy. Oh, we have an explicit sure podcast so you can drop whatever you want. All right, cool. In that case, you're d- being candid, the ego's like, I'm, I'm going to fuck around with this guy as much as I want to and I'm making sure that he's not getting there, 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 there. Not because I... I I'm not happy about him being miserable. I just don't care about his comfort or satisfaction or his fulfillment. I just care about keeping him safe and he's safe right now. Mm-hmm. I'm not gonna let anything change that. Mm-hmm. And by the way, let's skip ahead because people hearing that they might be freaking like, uh oh, I've got this part of my mind that's more powerful than my conscious mind that's doing this to me. What do I do now? Well, then that's a reminder. You've got your subconscious mind also which is way more powerful. And then therefore the solution from my viewpoint, my experience, we're talking about law of attraction. We're talking about gratitude visualization. You bypass the ego and you access the subconscious mind, which will then push you across the finish line, either kicking or screaming or enjoying it because you can enjoy it also. Mm -hmm. So that's where these whole visualization or gratitude methods come in, which by the way, I will, I'd love for you to buy my book, but you can read them in any good Law of Attraction book. You can. I'd love for you to read about them or find, see them on my YouTube channel. You can find them in any Law of Attraction YouTube channel. It's any standard method as long as you actually enjoy it. If you don't enjoy it, you're not going to do it. But if you do enjoy it, you're going to do it. You're going to look forward to it. You're going to be consistent. And therefore, you're going to keep sending messages and programming and instructions to your subconscious mind, which, depending on your beliefs, will either from there being the supercomputer that it is, govern a lot of things for you to get where you want to be or if you believe in the universal law of attraction it will you know emit that really strong potent frequency out to the universe to have those circumstances end up being mirrored back to you but the key part is knowing your ego loves you but it is going to mess with you if it has to because it wants to keep you safe in place or at least what it feels is being safe in place
0: yeah i i love it and i think that's such a huge distinction it took me a long time to understand is that the the ego was a tool it's a gift it's a part of me that helps me survive. And so like when you talk about this, like we've all heard like reptilian brain and boom, boom, boom. But like biologically, we're wired for survival. And we also go see all the cliche tweetables, right? Like comfort is your biggest enemy. And it's true, right? Because our ego, survival, wants us to be comfortable. And quite frankly, I'll challenge everybody. We created a world post-industrial revolution where we basically eliminated, for most of us, all sorts of any discomfort whatsoever, right? Like we live in air conditioning, we have a thermostat, like we don't have extreme colds or famines and all of it. And so it actually gets a little bit more ingrained. And so what you're talking about, I love it. And I will say this too, you know, people listen to this, like, oh, my ego, my ego, my ego, The one thing that I've learned too is that there's two parts for me to get out. Number one is having a commitment to movement, right? That I can consciously in my mind, I'm like, I don't want to succeed or I'm afraid of failure or success, right? And I'm like, cool, I hear you and I'm doing this action anyways that's in line or in direction to where I want to go or I have the power of like community. The one thing for me that I found when it comes to this is that the worst place for me to be when my quote unquote ego gets involved is stuck where I am, right? Isolated, Mm -hmm. alone, or even like allowing the thoughts to happen. Like I've done this before, like my 60 second rule. And this works like a charm for me. So try this on if it's for you. But there's those days where I wake up and I'm like, I got three podcasts today. Who the hell am I to record podcasts? Who's going to listen to these things? The hell am I going to ask? I'm like, I'm not good enough. I blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, oh, you want to be right? Okay, cool. I'll open my phone and I'll start the timer for 60 seconds. I'm like, you can be as right about yourself as you want. But when the timer goes off, you have to take an action. And it's so funny because about 15 seconds in, I'm disgusted at how disgusted I am with myself. And it just Mm. shifts everything that I'm doing. And I think it's a huge, huge thing. Now, I wanted to ask you a question, and this is going to be a little like out of left field and esoteric, but I heard this the other day, and I would love your thoughts on this. So we talk about like this ego and this conscious mind, right? Which is like thoughts that we can create, right? And then we have our unconscious mind, right? Which are patterns and programs and behaviors through our whole life experience, right? And I was like, but here's my question. Where do thoughts come from?
1: Where do Hmm. they originate? So (laughs) I'm going to there's words that popped in my mind and I'm like, I'm going to sound like, you know, an asshole if I say it this way, but this is, this is, since this is authentic, again, this is coming with the pre the pretext that I am a strategy guy. Totally. Totally. Me knowing how powerful thoughts are and knowing that if I strategically lean in a certain way, I'm going to get a certain result or I'm going to enjoy my life more. I don't care where thoughts come from.
0: Mm.
1: And again, I'd love, by the way, when I say I don't care, I would love to hear your perspective. I'm open to hearing. I don't mean like I don't care what, I don't want to hear from anyone. Totally. But I'm not worrying about it personally since all I know is that they work and, and there's this result. So, from that context, I've never really cared to try to do it. Although, I'd love to hear your thoughts because I'm always open for learning new perspectives.
0: Well, I think it's something, it's one of these questions I've been sitting with in meditations for a long time. Like, I mean, like over three months, I've sat with this question. And I've heard everyone from Duncan Trussell to Buddhism to to Joe Rogan to everybody else have like Russell Brand inclinations of it. But what's really, really interesting to me is I'm like, we know like when we think something, we can change our behavior, right? But we also know that the human brain is about 80% fictional. It's made up, right? It's made Mm -hmm. up based on experiences. It stores trauma and memories and things in our physical DNA and our neural pathways to grab and create a scenario So that when something happens, it can create a narrative that keeps us alive, right? That keeps us in survival. And so survival is the ultimate part of it. And I was like, but then there's this deeper question and it's like, and and this is going to sound really weird. I've never talked about this on the podcast, but it's like, we talk about aliens. We talk about source. We talk about God. We talk about universe. And I was like, if you strip away all of it, right? Like where in a moment when we're just sitting in that moment, does this thought or this intuition hit your brain and somehow have meaning in words. Like how did we go from stick fire to computers, iPhones, and technology that doesn't even make sense? Like that thought came from somewhere. And so it's just something I love asking people. I've never asked anybody on the podcast, but I'm like, when I have those deep moments of like, I have everything I want, right? My family's good. I'm good. My business is good. Like, I have, like, I've accomplished everything I want to accomplish in my life. Like, I love my life. I'm here and I want more. But I'm like, I'm sitting at the lake and I'm just like looking out with a glass of water and I'm like, man, I am so insignificant. You know and I mean, <laughs> that is like the greatest gift that I could have. And I was like, but like, you remember that movie Men in Black at the end where it ends and they're like spinning the marbles and the marbles are the, are the earth? Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's, yeah, that's where i'm like who's putting these thoughts in my head like what is it where does it come from what's it do like and all of that and so it's just an interesting question and it's an interesting perspective
1: yeah and just to riff a little bit more on that by the way um again for me my answer is out of strategy and that i don't want it to be a distraction i will say even now that i let go of it like possibilities pop in my head like because i I've read somewhere and I've read so many different things from so many different sources. I I almost feel bad because I can never attribute the original source other than saying I'm not taking credit for this. Um, But I've read that, you know, we are nothing. When you strip everything down, all we are is awareness. Yeah, And then it becomes a deeper question, like, okay, are thoughts part of that awareness? Are they injected to the awareness? Are they seen through the awareness? And that's the part where for me, um, call me simple minded, I kind of get confused and I'm like, oh, now I'm off track. And Here's here's a piece I'm coming through, by the way, some people are curious and should be curious and some people aren't. And it is what it is Um, often this will kind of like nail things home on on my perspective on this to people that just don't even believe in law of attraction. I would say, okay, let's put law of attraction aside and let's talk about the example of lifting weights to get muscles, right, Mm -hmm. because oversimplified. But we kind of get that you lift weights, you get muscles. All right. Well, how does that happen? Well, I'll give you two explanations. One explanation is when you lift weights, you go to sleep at night, the muscle fairy comes, waves a magic wand, and poof, you wake up with more muscles. Nice and easy, right? Explanation number two, which I will admit is a butchered explanation because I'm no expert here, but when you're lifting weights, you're putting so much stress on your body that your muscles are actually tearing in little areas. And then what your body does, it responds to its healing process of filling in those tears, those gaps with more muscle fiber, hence more bigger muscles. And if I ask someone, okay, I've given you two explanations. If you had to pick one, which one you're going to pick? Most people are, of course, going to go with the second one. To which I say, because I'm not a personal trainer and I'm not a physical therapist, from my perspective, it doesn't matter. What does matter is I lift weights, I get muscles. I put an X, I get Y. And by that same token for all the doubters out there, if I engage in a consistent process of gratitude or visualization exercises, I don't even need. Don't credit me. Don't credit the my book. Don't credit the universe. Don't credit source. But at least observe where when you do that, you will notice results happen in your life. And the only thing that I ask of people is to observe and notice those results and use those as a fuel and motivation to keep doing this gratitude or visualization thing that was working for you, even if you don't want to give it credit.
0: Totally. And I want to. And I hear this in your voice, and I want to say this. I love your perspective of it doesn't matter. Because what you're protecting is you're protecting the momentum and the movement in the growth to then earn the right to explore the thought. Because yes. the meaning doesn't matter when you're in the process of creating the result, right? And I think that that's such a powerful, powerful point because we talk about the ego and people mislabel it. They have mis- healthy, unhealthy relationship, whether you study Carl Jung or other forms of philosophy, I mean, psychology and things like that. You have the monkey mind, you have the ego, you have shadow work. And I was like the way that I summarize it, cause I'm a simple guy is I was like, it's basically choosing stagnation. That's mm-hmm. what you're doing. And I'm, I'm really, really simple. Like I am this way. And, and thank you to my wife and my family, but I got to a point with all the trauma in my life, right? Like taking life and witnessing many people die and witnessing suicides and going to war and being an addict where I had to have a real honest conversation with myself. And I was like, am I going to take my life? And I've attempted, right? But I failed because I never really attempted. I'm. This is me. Just me. I'm only talking to me. I've never not succeeded at something I've wanted to do ever. Mm. And so it's like, there was a part of me that had to come to this realization that I was not willing or able to ask for help. And so I screamed for it any way that I could. But once I fully accepted that, like, I will never take my own life, like ever, 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 ever i was met with a very harsh reality for me which is like okay well if i believe that i also believe that it's not just the fast version but it's the slow version and the slow version is stagnation because i'm just wasting away in this moment and so when i look at it i'm like okay yeah i could sit here and scroll through youtube and scroll through instagram and be disconnected to avoid a feeling or i could ask why like what is it i'm trying to avoid or what is it that i want And then take an action in a different direction. And like you said, it doesn't matter if that was the universe fairy, the Instagram fairy, my vision board, my wife or my kids calling me into a different possibility. All that matters is I was like, oh, I get to live today and I get to choose the inputs that I put into the world. And then Mm -hmm. those inputs over whatever amount of time might amount to something. But as long as I only measure myself against the inputs I choose every day and if I don't like them, I adjust them, in my opinion, it's basically a guaranteed boring path to success. Yeah. And here's what I'll say. The reason I struggle with that for so long is because the dopamine and the success was my new drug for a while until I realized it was boring. And it's supposed to be boring, right? And the one thing that I would challenge, because I hear you when you say like, I hear doubters all the time. People come up to me all the time. They tell me I'm full of shit. I'm like, awesome. I was like, so let me be full of shit and try it for 90 days. And then typically like 45 days later, they're like, hey, I'm like, how long have you been wanting to text me? And they're like, (laughs) shut up. And I'm like, no, I love you. Like, I'm just giving you a hard time because I can. But here's the thing. In my opinion, every one of those doubts and those thoughts and those fears, all they're doing is deepening the concrete at our feet. Right? Because here's the thing. We're like, we want something different. We want to be different. Okay, cool. Here's something to try. That's not going to work. How do you know? All you're doing is collecting evidence to stay right here. And I'm like, I listen to you and I'm like, tell me how you lose with the gratitude practice. Tell me how you can't find five fucking minutes a day. Right? You can sit on your toilet with your phone for 48 fucking minutes scrolling through TikTok and Instagram, but you can't leave the bathroom when you're done taking a shit and open a piece of paper and be like, I'm so grateful that I got another breath today. I'm so grateful that I got to see my kids today. I'm so amazed and proud of myself that I put that work in today. And the truth is, is that if we want different results, we have to do the things that nobody else wants to do that aren't comfortable. They're not glamorous because they're boring. Take care of yourself, sleep, eat, move, have a positive mindset, find opportunities and take steps in those directions. And so I wanted to say that because I loved your answer, because your answer as a strategist protects the mechanism that actually gets you there. And then here's what I'll say. When you get to the finish line, you can ask yourself why it meant that or why it looked like that. But at that moment, you're going to realize it doesn't matter because you're going to start running again. Yes. And so I just wanted to say that.
1: Thank you. And one one quick thing, because I want to make sure everyone's everyone's clear. I am so on board with you with the understanding that there's so much gold waiting on the other end of discomfort. I'm Mm -hmm. so with you on that. But even with that understanding, even with that agreement, the stuff I'm presenting is like, we're not even at the uncomfortable yet. I am challenging people to sit around for five minutes and feel good, not feel bad. Yeah. And it's like, I am making by the way you know please feel free to buy my book it's only four bucks for kindle i mean it's it's cheap but you don't even need to this is all free you can you can find a video on youtube whether it's mine or somebody else it's like this is all there free for you to free for free to try and by the way if you think this is too hooky this whole law of attraction thing the win is already in the moment because scientific studies have shown doing nothing with the law of attraction that gratitude consistent gratitude will improve your sleep it'll reduce reduce your anxiety, it'll increase confidence. Like you're already getting wins in that moment and should you be pleasantly surprised after that, so be it. But like me, again, not even disagreeing of the the golden discomfort, I haven't even gotten people there. I'm like, there's no discomfort, there's no excuse. There's not even a discomfort as an excuse to say, why can't you sit around for just five minutes? And by the way, like, well, I don't like writing, cool. Do what I do every day because I don't like writing so much either. I pull up my phone, I hit my recorder app, For 90 seconds to five minutes, I'd say all the things I'm grateful for. I send it across the country to a friend of mine who does the same thing for me. We've been doing this for over three and a half years. Mm -hmm. We haven't missed one day. Mm -hmm. It's so easy. I'm obviously a chatterbox. It is so easy to do. And by the way, we've installed a social pressure because for some reason, people are so weird, they will much more easily let themselves down than somebody they care about down. So I use that to my advantage. I'm like, okay, let me involve my friend. I don't want to be the one that lets us down. It keeps me fueled to keep sending this to him. Not that I needed that because it's so easy to do.
0: Yeah. And, and the thing is about it, like, I'm not even talking about, like, going out and getting crazy with this comfort, right? Like, it's it's really interesting is that we talk about it all the time is pressure creates growth, right? And mm-hmm. no pressure and comfort creates atrophy, right? Including our mind including our body, right? And, I, and here's what I challenge people on. I have not done a dedicated show about this yet because people will stop listening to my podcast when I make them uncomfortable and it's coming. So get ready. But like my mastermind students, <laughs> literally, we're talking about this, right? We're talking about your five-minute gratitude practice. Sit still for five minutes. I looked at all of them, 30, between six and eight figures, right? I've never seen more people scramble like cockroaches in my life. We're on a <laughs> Zoom call and I'm like, I'm gonna give you an assignment for the week. And they're like, totally. I'm like, can all of you commit to 30 minutes for this assignment? And they're like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm like, all right, cool. In the next seven days, you have to sit still for 30 minutes. No phone, no notebook, no music, no distraction. You have to practice boredom. And Andrew, I have never seen more excuses, people shifting in their chair, itching their faces, covering their eyes, like looking away. That We took 30 minutes to overcome objections to sitting still. Right? (laughs) And when I think about this, this is my theory on the law of attraction. If all you do is consume everybody else's thoughts, beliefs, content, and things, you're going to attract their life that you will never like. You Mm. need to be intentional about creating space for yourself so that you can create your reality, your thoughts, your intuition, and explore that through that practice of sitting still so that you can attract the things that vibrate with you. And I think part of what happens in, 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 for me in today's society, like I don't consume social media. I don't, my team does, but I am not on it. And it's not easy by the way, when I'm like, okay, I did good today, but I'm feeling pretty bad. Let me go scroll through social media to like disconnect from that, to be like, I'm going to go sit with this. Like, why do I feel uncomfortable? What's coming up for me? But what I'm doing is I'm exploring that relationship with myself. And so when you keep talking about stillness, I think stillness is one of the most underrated and most powerful tools that human beings have at their disposal. And if you go back and you study history and you remove like, let's go pre-technology, right? Like pre-radio, people would read newspapers, but they could only read so many every day. There was this massive amount of time that people spent with their thoughts. With themselves, yeah. which led to this level of like happiness and joy that I think needs to be practiced again, and so I push it really hard. So I will totally support you on that one too.
1: Thank you. And you know, say one thing real quick. You know, we'll, we'll see. I say real quick, we'll see how long it goes. But you said something really interesting there. Like, are you, are you getting your thoughts like on autopilot from other people, or are you a cause? And I've never said this before, and this is going to sound kind of weird, but there's this movie from I think 2008 called Never Back Down. Yep. And on the surface, it looks like a Karate Kid ripoff, but believe it or not, and I had this confirmed just by um, I enjoyed the movie. And I remember watching like the director's commentary. You could see the level of thought that he went into telling the story. But there's actually a lot of deep messages in this on the surface cheesy fight, get you know bullied and fighting back movie. And one of them was where there's this conversation where like you know the main character is talking with his teacher. And he's like, you know, because the teachers tell him, like, you know, don't fight, do, do this, don't do nothing, just sit around. He's like, doing nothing has consequences also. It's not just the consequences of doing something, but doing nothing has consequences. And he said it in the context of, like, now you're thinking about this thing, like, not thinking for yourself, not going in that direction has consequences, but also by that same token, to, to, for the argument of sitting still, doing nothing, sitting still has good consequences attached to it that you will not know unless you actually go through the process. But yeah. this whole question of action versus inaction, which can be seen in so many different perspectives, understand that there is something that can come from either way. It's really important to have a self-awareness and self-care yeah. to look at both and make a decision based on that.
0: A thousand, a thousand percent. Because what I was gonna add is that inaction is still an action. It's an intentional yes. choice, right? It's and like, a choice. To tie it together, what we're talking about, really, it's the intention of doing it instead of like, quote unquote, passively doing it or, oh, that happened. It's like, no, I'm going to intentionally use this space or create it, or I'm going to intentionally fill it and take an action. Like Tim Grover in his book, winning, he says this, he said winning. And I, add to, I added to it because I wanted to add one little piece. He said, he said, winning is a test with no right answers. Mm. Winning is a test with no right answers. And I was like, I love that. And the part that I would add is winning is a test with no right answers, except the one you choose right now, because that really, really is like when we talk about for you and like, this is what you wrote a book on the law of attraction. And even with what you just said, simplified down, it's whether you take an action or an inaction, it's that you take a moment to reflect on either one, learn from it, and then make a decision and a choice to take or not take another one. Yeah. And you do that agnostic of why, or where'd this come from, or what might this look like, which puts you into this momentum to building the blocks to get really what we want, which should be
1: delayed gratification. It's interesting, you know, we we make so many choices day in and day out. Yes. And so there's that well-known decision fatigue. And when you're in the middle of a decision fatigue, you forget how important and how vital and how significant your ability to decide really is your ability to make choices. If you actually sit back and think like, wow, how powerful can a simple decision or choice be in my life? If you give yourself this, like for me, by the way, please take George's advice and sit around for 30 minutes doing nothing. But when you're done with that, sit around for 30 minutes, just thinking about the significance of choice and decision in your life, Mm -hmm. because that also will be a very powerful experience. Like for me, Like i go back to like even again that situation i lost my business and my girlfriend is it my fault well that's a whole debatable thing and i you know i would say this, some people they don't want to be fault so i'll say this i don't care if it's your fault or not it's still your responsibility everything in your life whether it is your fault or not depending on how you look at it it's still your responsibility no one else can do it for you Mm -hmm. so you owe it to yourself to take on that responsibility whether it's comfortable or not because only through taking on that responsibility are you positioned, strategically positioned, in a place where you can improve it? Yes.
0: I've dropped book recommendations left and right on this one, but that whole concept of responsibility. Now, I'm going to ask a question, and it would be interesting to see. So, we talk about we're responsible, right? Like, no matter what. And what I've run into, and what I've seen with a lot of people, and you talk about law of attraction, right? Taking these choices and making these choices. How do you build your confidence in your ability to choose and then take an action. Because what I watch is that I see a lot of people, they're like, this is what I think I wanna do, but how do I do it? And I was like, well, only you know that. And what they look for, for me, is like they wanna borrow a little bit of the confidence, right? Or they wanna advocate a little bit of that responsibility. And so you, as the strategist, right, when you're looking at, I'm gonna write this book or I'm gonna do this, how do you develop the confidence in your choices so that
1: you can pursue them and create the result. Yeah. So so bear in mind, I have the luxury. So notice like one, I'm I'm not a coach myself. And two, I like I, I don't teach people like how to work out because there's pain involved. Meaning I have this luxury of giving you a book and a modality and an approach which is painless, which is actually really easy. So I'm I'm gonna answer that question in that context only because it's a valuable answer. Yeah. But I also admit I'm almost taking an easy, cheesy way out, but it's still a good answer for me everything begins with that five minutes of gratitude a day because what people don't realize is when you are grateful for five minutes a day you're not just having these positive physiological effects and depending on your beliefs you're not just inviting the universe to send you good things but you are also getting yourself naturally predisposed towards more confidence Mm -hmm. towards more ease towards more self-awareness this gratitude process in my view auto-corrects a lot of issues and a lot of things going on in our mind. Whereas when we are grateful every single day, that confidence will come and We're like, you know what? More is possible in my life. Now I'm a little bit bolder where I can go in that, that direction of making a decision. So it's the thing where the gratitude in my view, again, I know it's, a, it's an easy answer, but it fuels so many things for you where you're still going to have to make decisions and choices, but they will have a stronger foundation and deeper, more powerful more potent, more profound momentum behind them as you're making those decisions.
0: Yeah, I I love that. Like one of the things that I I really focus on, and, and I would love to your thoughts on this too, because for years <clears throat> I would focus on the result, right? Like I'm like, this is what I want to be. I want to be the best basketball player in the world, right? But it was like only, that can only happen if there's a basketball court and the team is there and the lights are there. And so I was really limiting my ability by putting myself in this box. And then I realized is that I want to have confidence regardless of the field that I'm on, right? Like the field Mm -hmm. doesn't matter. And I watched so many people, like we talked about earlier to full circle this, try to control their external environment to be able to basically thrive. So what they're doing is they're like, I want to control my external environment. So basically the field is set up so I can only win. But really, you're losing the long game because it's in this one pocket instead of regardless of the field that I want to be on, regardless of the game, the circumstances, I have confidence in my ability and in my input so that I have the chance to win every game no matter what. And so would you say for you, like your gratitude practice is like a big anchor in, in creating that? And then what comes after that for you?
1: So, so, yeah, I think a gratitude is a huge anchor for everything. And it's really interesting. I don't even know if I came off on camera, but when you were speaking to me, I'm like reaching forward because I had to type something because I didn't want to forget it <laughs> because I recently did a video on YouTube, um, where I gave the four worst words you could put together. Mm-hmm. And the four worst words, in my opinion, from a law of attraction perspective are I'll be happy when which to to it kind of speaks to this because all of a sudden we're talking about a level of specificity in this thing where you are limiting yourself. And by the way, you're also telling yourself that your happiness is off there versus using joy as a strategy and strategically allowing yourself to feel pockets of joy now in the moment so that you can enjoy the journey, which ironically will bring the results faster and better anyway. But the thing that I type down there, the thing that I think speaks more to this, or at least I hope it does, is just as those four worst words you can put together, the four best words or some of the four best words you could put together in this context is this or something better. Because when you have that freedom, of saying, OK, I'm going to choose this specific vision, this specific goal, but there's going to be a relaxed ease to it where I'm going to leave the universe room to pleasantly surprise me, where there's going to be no doubt where it's basically saying like, okay, if this is supposed to happen in three years and a year in, I don't feel like I'm a third of the way there. This is basically opening up your energy and your consciousness to say, well, if it's this or something better, maybe there's something else going on and I'm still on my way. Therefore, I'm not leaving room for doubts or insecurities that are going to keep me from staying on path and keeping my momentum. So it's, it's all about having a, a, a confidence and self-love for yourself to engage in a level of specificity, but not to the point where it feels bad. Your level of specific, specificity has to feel good. And if you're too specific and it feels bad, you want to scale out and get more general until it feels good. And one thing that helps that is this or something better. You're honoring that thing that you want, but you're acknowledging that you might get something better because going full circle, following that thread of a job promotion, someone wants a promotion right now when what they don't realize is what they really want is they want a higher salary, yep. they want a better commute, they want better colleagues, they want better career opportunities, they want a better, more fulfilling life experience, and the promotion might not be that. The promotion that they want a month from now might not be that, but the new job that the headhunter is going to come calling three months from now, mm-hmm. if only they get out of their way and engage in these processes and be open to it that's what really was better for them. And that's really what they wanted at the whole time to begin with.
0: Yeah, dude, that's such a valuable lesson. And I feel like it's more prevalent in our industry than anything in entrepreneurship, right? Like the the thinking like that is what I want and protecting it like to the death and then getting it and being like, this is nothing, nothing like I wanted, right? Like the amount of people that come to me like, George, I'm making five, like this happens all the time, right? Cause I coach people in our mastermind or group coaching. Like I've been making $500,000 a year for two years. I'm ready to hit a million. I'm ready to hit a million. Right. They all tell me the same thing. I can ask four questions and they're like, I'm just ready to live my life. I'm good. I'm I'm ready yeah. because I was like, there's, there's levels to this game, right? They're like, I want a million because they had this belief that if they made a million dollars that it would have boom, boom, boom. And I'm like, you start showing them taxes and payroll and overhead. And I was like, by the way, you're going to have less than you have now until you hit like 3.2. And they're like, what? I was like, you got inventory, you got team, you got, and like, it starts to like really get into it, but it's all around what you're talking about is like, don't get so romantic about what it would look like. And you talk about it. Uh, There's an author called Jamie Smart. You'd love this book. It's called The Little Book of Clarity. It's like a three-hour read. And it Mm. talks about toxic thinking, which are your four words. I will be happy when, right? And that toxic thinking just basically sets you up to fail because there's never enough. It's a moving starting line and a moving finish line that just leads to frustration. But it also clouds you getting or having the ability to get what you want. Because you don't really know what it is. It's always outside of you. It's always moving. And here's the deep, deep, deep part about that. We also have to acknowledge that we're comfortable there. Because a lot of that comes all the way back down into those rooted, like, you know, we didn't talk about this. But in psychology, like those rooted core wounds or those paradigms we have, right? Like, I'm not good enough. Like, I'll never make it. And so we collect evidence or create situations that validate it. And for me, and I can only share my experience, the biggest challenge I had is that was an unlimited fuel source, right? Because I was like, I'll show you, I'll prove you, except it was an unlimited fuel source that costs me my happiness, right? And so there's always a trade-off, right? They're like, George, you can win every single race. And I'm like, done, right? But it's also like if somebody came up to me right now and they're like, you could be immortal, I wouldn't want to. I wouldn't yeah. want to. The trade-off was too great. And so, when you get rid of that toxic thinking, in my opinion, it kind of forces you to start loving what you have Yeah, and to start – you go ahead.
1: I will say, you know, it's interesting. My my YouTube channel right now, it has 2,000 subscribers or almost 2,100 subscribers. And if someone said, hey, Andrew, um, I'm going to wave a magic wand and tomorrow you're going to have a million subscribers, I would say thanks but no thanks, not yet. Mm -hmm. And what I mean by that is right now, the way my business is set up, I can still answer emails for people. If you took me from 2000 subscribers all the way to a million overnight, I do not have the infrastructure and quite frankly, the level of consciousness to absorb it. Now, Mm -hmm. I will take another 50,000 overnight and I will take a million, but I want to progress my way there. I want to have an, an opportunity where basically, as things are getting better, I am adjusting in the moment so that I'm not letting my customers down who want to hear from me, who email me personally. I want to build and grow into it. But with that same token, to speak about being happy about what you have, 2,000 people, 2,000 unique souls cared enough about my content that they click subscribe and hopefully the bell notification. That's time out of there and time is the most valuable thing. Yep. Why would I not be grateful for that? Do I really want to be that person that's looking at 2,000 going, Pfft, Where's my million? No. I am grateful for that 2000 And by the way, strategically speaking, I also believe, even though know, I, I am genuinely grateful, I also know that being grateful is what's going to get a better, faster source of all those new subscribers anyway. And I want a million, just not yet. I want to grow into it, and I want to enjoy the journey on the way, because otherwise, what's the point?
0: Well, let me give you credit too, because you know a secret that I have to help most people understand, is that the 2000 you have are what create the million. Yes. Like, and so like, this is what people do. <laughs> like, <laughs> oh, oh, if I could ring someone of your necks, like, I'm like, oh, let me help you unplug from the matrix right now. I will make you all Neo. And I'm going to use an e-commerce company as an example, because Andrew led into this and it's so powerful, right? Everybody comes to me, right? George, I hit a million. I hit two million. I hit four million. I want to double my company. And they always ask me the same question. How do I find more customers? Mm. (laughs) And I always look at them dead in the eye and I say the same thing. I say, you can't adopt any more children until you feed the ones that you have. Mm. And they look at me like I'm fucking nuts. And they're like, did we just pay you six figures for this? And I was like, you did. Now let me show you why. Right? And I was like, can you 100% with confidence put your head on the pillow and say, every customer that has come through our ecosystem has been set up to achieve the promised result. Every customer that's bought our product and used it more than three times feels in a relationship with the brand. Every one of them is still, and they're like, no, 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 no. And at this point, the light bulbs start going off. And they're like, holy shit. We have 6,800 people that have bought our product that haven't bought in 90 days because we haven't talked to them. And I was yes. like, so why are you trying to go find more homes, I was like, I'm going to adopt any more children so you can disrespect them. And so what you nailed and what you get And for everybody listening to this, you have 100 customers and you want 1,000. The 900 will come from the 100 you have. You have 2,000 and you want a million. The other 998,000 will come from what you give to the 2,000 that you have. And we'll just full circle this whole shit for him, Andrew. By being grateful that you have them and continuing to serve them. Yes. We'll create the momentum in the space for the next ones to come. And so like yeah,
1: and a lot of, go ahead it, it, and it also it'll create the iterations of your product and your service as you get better and better mm-hmm. and better. Mm-hmm. And it's so funny that we're talking about this right now, because just this morning, I only did one other interview today and this interview I was on, um, it's my awesome friend, Tina, somebody, two people sent her, my book says, you've got to check this out. One of them was the person that she told me about. They don't even remember that she's the one that told them about me, but they were so happy with the book yep. not to toot my own horn that they were sitting there. I'm, I'm assuming they're sending it to different people. Like Tina, you got to check out Andrew's book. Yep. Two different people. One of which she's the one that told them. Yep. And that's like, it's crazy. And it's like, and I believe, and again, I don't think I have the perfect book, but I do take a lot of pride in the quality of the book in that not too bad now than any other authors. Cause I think a lot of other authors do a great job, but I wonder how many when they started writing books saying, okay, this isn't a book this is an experience Mm -hmm. from the first word of the first page, to the last word of the last page, I'm taking my reader down an emotional journey where I'm building blocks and foundations so that each time they hit a new chapter, I'm leveraging the content from a prior chapter, even though I also ensured that the prior chapter was enjoyable and entertaining and useful to begin with. And there's like a crescendo, like I almost feel like a song, you know, a song has a course, as has a bridge, there's a conclusion there, I viewed my book as a song. And again, I don't think it's the perfect book, but I'm very proud of it. And I think that's the part of the reason because I was so intentional on delivering so much value in this. I think that helps with the word of mouth. And like you said, those first people that read, they're telling, and thank you to everyone out there that does that, I'm so grateful for these people. Mm -hmm. For them saying, okay, I love this so much, I'm gonna tell my friends, I'm gonna tell my family, I'm gonna put it out. I have so much gratitude for this, I'm so, but it never would have happened if I didn't care enough about making sure they were taken care of first.
0: Well, let's get really meta with this because this, this is what's so powerful uh, and it's so simple. So you talk about how these people read your book and then they go share the book. The only way word of mouth marketing works is if the person who you want to do it achieves the desired result, which if you go into writing a book of, I want people to buy the book or to share the book, they will feel incomplete and never be able to share it. Yeah, That's the Zygarnik effect. It's the science of open loops, which is why most marketing fails. Word of mouth marketing and advertising can only come, quite frankly, when you have a gratitude practice, you're self-confident and clear that what you're giving is unattached to the outcome. And the moment that happens it creates the outcome that you desire and your book is a perfect example like for example i wrote a cookbook i sold over 175,000 copies 22 week new york times bestseller right nice i guarantee you that that book wouldn't have sold if people made the couldn't make the recipes and here's the here's the part right and my publisher got pissed at me When you write a cookbook under a big publishing contract, what they normally allow you to do is share about 10% of the book, right? So a hundred recipes, you can share 10 of them because what is their thinking? Nope. Don't give them to them. They need to go buy the book. They need to go buy the book. Mm -hmm. And I was like, F you. I'm going to give them all away. And they're like, no, you can't. You're voiding your contract. And I was like, do you really think that somebody's going to make the entire book from their email? Do you think they're going to print off every recipe that I share with them on social media and compile it into a book. I was like, I don't, I think they're going to make the recipe that triggers them into momentum and happiness. And then they're going to want another one. And then they're going to reach a point where it's like, why don't I have this book on my counter? Why don't I have this book on my counter? And sure as shit, it worked. And to the point now, like you'll appreciate this funny world. We live in Montana now, right? We have new friends, couples we hang out with. I was in their kitchen the other day and I look at their counter and there's three cookbooks and mine is right in the front and i looked at her and i was like haley oh no i wasn't her how she told me about this she's like i was looking at the book on the counter this happened somewhere else but this one with haley she looked at the book on her counter and was like no way she's had this book on her counter for like 5 years we've been friends for 6 months had no clue that that was my book they still make it they co- my face is on the cover like it's hilarious <laughs> to me, but I, I just want—I wanted to validate what you said because it's so, so, so powerful. And, and you're a living example. And what you said earlier, there used to be a term thrown around called Oprah broke because people mm-hmm. used to think, Hey, if I get that viral video, my business will grow. If I just get on Oprah, I'll make a million dollars. If I just do whatever. And so they would, and they couldn't sustain. They didn't build the home that could house the results. And so it all came crashing down and people went Oprah broke. It became a coined term to where people were like, I can't, I can't. Cause you think about inventory, logistics, cash flow, your team, communication, customer service, or even your own capacity. It's like, Hey, I'm going to start doing triathlons. And you're like, oh, I've been training for a month. Let me go do an Ironman. You're going to get murdered right? But if you do a few Mm -hmm. small ones, and then you do a few medium ones, and then you do a few long ones, now you can go get the lessons and the iterations that come in the big ones. So, I just – I had to summarize a lot of what you said because it just – it's this is like one of my favorite
1: conversations. I feel so validated, like I said. Nice. And and by the way, just full circle because we've been having such a good conversation, but this is my first opportunity because you were making a a joke about how you did all the talking when you were on Shattered a Mold. Yeah. And I don't want to offend any of my other uh, guests because really just like I either notice something or I don't, but there was something about our conversation. And in most of my episodes, I do a teaser. I'm like, today we're talking with XYZ, but for very select few, the teaser is a clip from someone saying something and yours was one of them. Mm -hmm. I enjoyed our conversation so much. And what you said was so deep and profound. I'm like this is the teaser. This is the thing that they hear before they hear the show's introduction because this is what's going to hook people. So, just want to pay you that compliment because I loved that first conversation, which makes me more excited that we're enjoying this one as well.
0: Yeah, dude. No, this, is, this has been a blast. So, let me do some rapid-fire because we're, like, up on time and, like, I think this thing is loaded with nuggets, but, like, rapid-fire. Mountains or beach? Beach. Okay. Your favorite business book?
1: Oh, God. I'm just gonna say, "Expert Secrets" off Russell Brunson, because it's off the top of my head, but I'm sure there's more. I was hoping
0: you would say your own, but it's okay. I'll do it. Well,
1: I don't view it as a business book, but but yeah,
0: <laughs> it's the secret favorite book of all time that you've ever read that you've ever consumed.
1: Mm, what to say? What what to say when you talked yourself by Shad Helmstetter? Because that was the first book that taught me about the power of the human mind and mm-hmm. thoughts. Yeah, that's a good one. I've read that. It's been a long time. I
0: might have to revisit that one. Absolute favorite food, not type of food, but like dish.
1: Ooh, ooh. The, the right cheese enchilada from the right Mexican spot. Ooh, that's, yep, that's legit. That's legit
0: right there. That one. I'm a chocolate chip pancake guy. Like that's the game. Nice. Game over. Extra chocolate chips. It's game over. I love it. So um, first off, can you tell everybody the name of your book again? Best place to get an Amazon?
1: Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. The book is called The Last Law of Attraction Book You'll Ever Need to Read. And um, I have a link that auto-forwards, at least for the U.S. site, to the Amazon listing. It's lastlawofattractionbook.com. And obviously on Amazon, it's available in Kindle, paperback, audiobook. And by the way, the audiobook is also on Audible, of course, and in Apple Books. So there's plenty of ways by which people can get it. But just to skip ahead, if people don't want to pull out their wallet, that's cool also. My YouTube channel is youtube.com andrewcap Andrew And um, I'm I'm posting a lot of content this summer. So people have a lot of stuff to look forward to on that channel.
0: I love it, man. I'm glad that you have it on Audible because I have a road trip tomorrow. And I will add it to the top of the list because I just finished a book this morning. So I'm going to add it to Audible and I'm going to give it a listen. So I always end with one question. Um, And this question I think is huge. So I want you to envision that everybody listening to this last hour got men in black and forgot absolutely everything that we talked about. But in this moment you have the ability to give them that first thought that they carry with them forever. I call it tattooing their soul. And Mm -hmm. so as you part and you leave this, what wisdom, what words, what quote, what takeaway, what story, what anything do you have to share that you could willingly tattoo on everybody's soul that they take forth with them
1: for the rest of their life? So without the context of the last hour, the only thing I can say is anyone listening, you've got to take me on faith with what I'm about to tell you right now. And this is my plea to you, because you can do it for free, is to make a decision, make a choice of finding some gratitude method you can do every single day, any time of the day that you want, for just five minutes. You will thank me later. I guarantee you, I wish I can tell you why. I wish I could tell you how. If we don't have the last hour, if you've been men in black, you don't know, just trust me. And by the way, just a little aside, because I like to cheat and, and break the rules a little bit. I read a quote about like an arrow doesn't fire unless it's pulled back. I'm butchering that. Whatever you got going on in your life right now that feels like you're being pulled back, it's for in preparation to launch or the release. And it's funny that I tell you that in cooperation or in conjunction with this whole gratitude thing. I wonder if that might be the mechanism by which you finally push forward. That's my, my final thought for
0: people. I love it, man. I love it. And the one thing that you said that I'll end with a Bob Proctor quote, uh, and I had to pull it up so I didn't butcher it, but he says, faith and fear both demand you believe in something you cannot see.
1: Uh, you choose.
0: And I think that that is a perfect summary to what we talked about and what we had today. So uh, Andrew, thank you so much for being on the show. I'm sure we'll do many more of these. It was an absolute pleasure and a gift Uh, for everybody listening, watching, if you did watch it in my beautiful pink hoodie that he called out, uh, make sure you go grab his book. I'm going to read it again. The, the The last law of attraction book you'll ever need. Uh, his YouTube channel is Andrew Kapp. His content is amazing. I love what he puts out. I love what he talks about. I'm going to start listening to the book uh, tomorrow. And so remember that everything that was shared here, everything that was said only does good if it's put into practice. So don't let today's episode become shelf help on your brain, but find a pocket. And I challenge you. I challenge you to find a gratitude practice. I challenge you to find five minutes of stillness. I challenge you to take something that was shared in today's episode and put it into practice today and to full circle what Andrew said in the beginning, today, tomorrow, the next day, as consistently as possible until the result shows up. And I have no doubt that you will be thanking him later Reaching out, hitting us up on Instagram, or catching the next podcast. So remember that relationships will always beat algorithms, and I will either see you in the next episode or you will hear me in your earballs. But either way, it's time to cue the sexy outro. Thank you for listening to another episode of The Mind of George Show.